Hey, what's good, everybody? It's your boy, Fogey, back with another episode of Everyone Turns Left During Rush Hour. As promised, I have some guests on this time around. This week, I have the one and only Jacob McCourt. He is a host of multiple podcasts, Left Behind Club, Cutscene Podcast, and some other projects coming up we'll discuss. He's also an overall great guy and a lover of video games. So without further ado, here is this week's episode of Everyone Turns Left During Rush Hour. For those that don't know you, Sir Jacob, go ahead and introduce yourself, what you do, your podcast, just plug your stuff right now, let the people know who you are. Yeah, so uh, my name is Jacob McCourt. Um, I am, uh, by day, an influencer marketing associate at an agency based, uh, you know, uh, at an agency based in Detroit. Uh, and then uh, by night, I'm a content creator. So I think we're going to talk more about the the job stuff. So I'll focus right now on the content stuff. I make well, two we'll podcasts. We'll get a mix of both. The... We'll get a mix of both in there. Okay, good. Uh, we uh, I make a podcast called The Left Behind Game Club, which is a video game book club podcast that comes out every other week. Been doing that for like three and a half years with no signs of stopping. And then just started a new show called Cutscenes last year, which is like a seasonal video game movie podcast. We try to be informative uplifting and funny and uh that's that's what i do nice 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 so um well let's let's get back in another one so influencer marketing it's a weird term it's a weird field like i i know somebody from back home like one of his first like real jobs is that he ran he worked for a company that did something like that but his job was responding to people that tweeted in like Instagram posts to like a uh, Christian artist. Are you doing something similar like that? Or are you doing it for brands? Like you, as, as much detail as you can, if you want to, or if you just want to give a brief overview. Cause like, I know for me, I don't like talking about what I do at my job because I don't want people kicking down my door saying, Oh, do this, do this. Like this, like, yeah, I already deal with it is- 300 emails a day. Like, let me, <laughs> let me breathe. Like, let me, let me relax for a little bit, bro. It is definitely weird being like someone who is not like a big internet person and then like talking about his day job and then occasionally someone being like, Oh, like, tell me more about it's strange, but, uh, I specifically work on gaming and esports stuff okay. uh, at the agency that I work in, w- work at, uh, and so you know I work with some some bigger brands, and they like to essentially get their message out in uh, gaming environments, right? So whether it's uh, you know I, I helped run a campaign last year where we did some stuff in and around Animal Crossing, which was nice. cool. Uh, we have some new stuff coming this year that I can't talk about yet, but mostly it's you know, working with brands to understand gaming spaces and speak to as lame as it is for me to say, like speak to gamers because they're kind of a valuable audience for brands. That's so true because like there, there's a, a big disconnect from a lot of traditional media sources in people for influencer marketing to trying to talk to people that are not just our demographic, but like in our age group, but below and above because people that play video games is, is very different. Um, yeah, you can't talk to somebody who's 28 years old the same way you talk to somebody who's 21 years old. You can't talk to an 18 year old the same way you talk to somebody who's 32 years old when it comes to video mm-hmm. games. Like they're all looking for different things, and so that's that's like it's so weird to think that gaming has become such a big enough branding like opportunity for there to be people like you that can talk to the masses. Yeah, and the the thing is, and, and you and I both know this that like 
people gamers i hate using the word gamers but like it's a slur <laughs> i know i hate it too <laughs> players of video game i usually say like video gamers or game players like they can smell out bs like from a mile away exactly. right so it's making sure that brands kind of understand brands understand the spaces and how they can very um very like truthfully and transparently just engage in the communities, right? It's something that is is learned. It's something that you and I already know, you know, based on the communities that we're in, but it's something that, you know, brands don't really understand. So just saying like, hey, th this is what you do say. This is what you don't say. This is how you engage. This is what's actually cool. And just kind of building, building stuff around that. We, you know, have team partnerships. We've done stuff in game. We've worked with, you know, influence gaming influencers. I've worked with non-gaming influencers in kind of art spaces or business spaces. So it's basically just like finding the right, um, uh, the right influencer, I guess, or the right content creator to be able to to share the brand's message in a way that is not lame or inauthentic. Yeah, and and would you say with you being a content creator? Because I'm I'm assuming you were a content creator before you got this job, right? Yeah, I've been a content creator, like, I was a bad content creator for a long time, but I've been, like, making content since I was, like, 12 years old. Word, word, word. So, I'm assuming your pursuit in actively participating in the spaces of being a content creator kind of helped you get your foot in the door for this job, or, like, like how does that go? Because, like, I get a lot of questions about how did I end up in this job, or how do I know this person? And mm -hmm. it's really weird to explain, because... There's, there's, it's, a, it's the game within the game, and people don't understand when you say that, like, everything you do in life, job, like, like career, um, which is just another word for job, I don't know why I said that, um, it's all coming down to being, like, a game within a game at a certain point. So, like, kind of go into that, like, using the content creation to get where you are, because that, it, it matches up, it adds up, it's this, one of the same. Yeah, it's, uh, I have a really interesting bizarre career path where I got this job only because I checked about seven check boxes before I got it. And yeah. I had other jobs, you know, I, I graduated from my undergraduate like almost 10 years ago now. So like, obviously I've had like a path and careers that led me to here, but just to give you like the very short version, I started working, uh, like marketing and selling, uh, personal protective equipment, like PPE for a long time, <laughs> uh, both resp like respirators, like N95s and yeah. like the, the hoods that you see both during pandemics and even in movies. I mean, I was watching the expanse last night and I'm like, Hey, that's a product that I marketed and sold for four years. <laughs> uh, so I did that. And then after that, I went and uh, tried my hand at radio broadcasting for a couple years, and that was a miserable failure from me for me from like a, a career perspective. But it gave me the tools that I needed to one become a better content creator, and then two help me land the opportunity I had after my MBA. So I got my MBA, and then I um, got a job at a podcast network for a little while, nice. and so all of these things like helped me land this job, you know, working with uh, an ad agency specifically in gaming. And even then, like, hey, worked as a marketer and a project manager, worked, you know, had an MBA, uh, worked in consumer marketing for a little while, worked at a podcast network, creates content in his spare time in gaming, like volunteered at gaming and esports events and tournaments for a long time. Like I had to check all those boxes to even get in the door. Yeah. So like you said, it is not just the thing you do from nine to five that gets you what you want. 
It is everything that you do that will get you. You, the job you that laid you're the groundwork for. without knowing you were laying the groundwork by doing all the other stuff. Like people think that you can just wake up one day and say, I'm going to go work here. I'm like, some people get lucky. I'll, I'll admit, some people do get lucky, but the other people where it's like, you have to do X, Y, Z, and then a little bit more. And then it's like, okay, then it lands in my spot. Cause you said 10 years ago when you graduated your undergrad. So obviously gaming and esports wasn't nearly as big as it was now um which, which when you think about it you're like oh there's how was that the way it's like no it was like nobody cared about us like we were people made the jokes that we were in people's basements playing they in. still make those jokes they still do and it's like no we sell out arenas like, like look at the <laughs> lcs like look at the championship there like that's a whole place they built in like designed for that and like it's so cool now um, and now people want to hop in our territory, but they don't know the people that are involved or on the inside. They just think, let me throw money at this and people will come, which to an extent, people will show up if you put money in an event. Like, oh, I have a chance to win 10 grand by being like in this amateur bracket. Sure, I'll show up. But once the money's gone, where's your fan base at? You know, yeah, if you don't not have that, people... but like it, it takes like a lot of time for like a brand so you you throw money at a tournament one time like people will go like oh cool brand x gave money and then just move on it is the like long-term concerted effort that gets brands in the minds of gamers in in a way gamers in a way <laughs> that is not is a positive it's really really hard it takes a lot of time even if you look at like you know i, I hate to use like the the easiest case study but look at red bull right like red bull started Sponsoring so good at everything they do. 12 to 15 years ago. Like they were there first and now obviously synonymous with gaming maybe in the last five years, but it took work. It took investment. It took like risks and bets to get there. And so like you said, you can't just sponsor one tournament and hope people that people associate you with gaming immediately. And I just want to go back to one thing you said where like you you have to check all the boxes and sometimes you get a lot of luck. I am someone who got lucky. So I had all of those boxes checked, but I only got the job I got because I knew a guy who was there. He is my podcast co-host who I went to undergrad with. So I'm not going to sit here and like say like, yeah, I I worked hard and I got the thing. I also got really lucky. Yeah. I, I, I totally hate Twitter. That's like, man, if you put in enough work and effort and grind, grind, grind and do all this, you too could get to where I'm at. Mr. I have 2 million followers. I have 16 different brand deals and sponsors. I didn't even write my own tweet. Um, <laughs> I wake up and eat this like a random breakfast that my personal chef made, blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, that's part of the story. There is definitely some luck you have to do, but also it's about networking, which yep. I'm going out of order of my original questions, but it's fine. Let's talk about networking. Like ne- Networking yeah. is a thing where, with at least with me, comes easy. I know with some people that are in the gaming space, it's not as easy. I've been there for those awkward interactions. Like, ooh, that was rough. Or, ooh, man, your people skills are not on par. Even in, like, a like Discord conversations, like, I don't think you understand what you're saying in this message as a text. Not only does it come off weird and awkward, it comes off very, like, you know, negative or, you know, condescending or whatnot. You don't do well with people is what, like, like what I tell some people at times. But... Like with with networking, like what's the what's your trick? What's your thing? Like how how did that come to you? You know, like for some people it's easy, some people it's hard. Some people you have to actually work at it. You know, networking is a bad word in some circles, it and is. 
I think that there is a bad way to do networking. And I think the way that I always think about it is I say yes a lot of the time to things. Like I will just say like yes to this, yes to that, yes to this. And I always go into new relationships or when I meet new people, I go in with no expectations. Yeah. Like I'm not going to meet a new person and just be like, oh, I met so-and-so. Like I I remember I went to a mixer like years ago when I was trying to get into radio and I would see like you'd be one of 20 kids who would be in front of a radio DJ who I'm sure gets a thousand people that want their job every day, like trying to be desperate in front of that person being like, oh, I, I would be great. Like, and I, my, a friend of mine got the job and it's just because one, she was super cool. She's like a super cool, cool human being. And, you know, she went into a relationship with like, went into the relationship. She met the person and like had I mean, zero expectations. I'm just going to like put myself out there. And if something happens, great. If something doesn't happen, also great. And so I try and live that of like, when I meet new people, I I don't try and, you know, say like, what is this person going to get for me? Yeah. Because that is like not the right way to do networking. Networking is just like putting yourself out there with zero expectations and half of the time striking out completely. Yeah. And, and it is a relationship because if you go in, cause like, especially people that are community managers, like, like we can smell bullshit from a mile away. <laughs> like every time that I like, like think about the interactions I've had with people like in the past at events is like, Oh, they were just trying to get in with this person because they knew I knew this guy or like they knew I knew this, this person and do this. Like they don't care about me. They care about what I can get them. And when you go in with that mentality, you kind of already set yourself up for failure because people that are really good at what they do will be able to be like, Oh yeah, you, Nope. Uh, You, Nope. (laughs) You, Nope. So that, that's a really good point. (laughs) smell desperation and and not to not to make it about desperation but like like you said people who have been around for long enough they have a detector about bs and like i i don't know i I think i'm too old to like to to be like to work with people who just want to take yeah you know what i mean like i i am not perfect by any means and i'm sure there'll be someone that listens to this and says like hey he took from me but like i try and go into everything with like with no expectations and no uh, pretenses about what the relationship is. If, if we meet one time and it was a cool conversation, great. If we meet up and then five years later I run into you and we have coffee and there's something that I can help with or vice versa, like also great. Like there's a lot of people out there and the jobs that you think you want are not always the jobs that are that didn't come out right. But I think what you like jobs aren't always what they seem on the surface. Very true. So true. People think community managers are like, oh, they just get to hang out and go to events all day or they get to do this. Like, you don't see the meetings you have to sit through. You don't see the emails we have to read from people. You don't see the stuff that, like, our bosses send us when things happen. Like, I barely get it now. And I'm just now starting to get it because I'm, like, like I said, like the junior community manager role at my job. But it's like, there's so much stuff that goes outside of let me put a face on and go to this, you know, gaming convention and say hi to everybody, hand out uh, buttons and stickers and like here's a free game code or two, you know? Yeah. It's like, I, oh no, I gotta do all this research and all this other work as well to enjoy that part later. But even then, it's still technically part of my job. Sometimes I just wanna sit at home and chill, you know? Yeah. That that just reminds me of like my time in radio where I did not 
I was not prominent or have any kind of clout in any way when I was in radio. I was the guy who would go to festivals and would do the like, and this weekend, come to the Ferris wheel, come win a prize. And like on, on the radio on the weekends. And so I know that vibe of like going to hand out stickers and stuff. And, you know, people just think like, oh, you work for that station. Like you get to be on the radio all the time. I'm like, one, I get to be on the radio like once a weekend where I describe what I'm doing at this festival. And two, you don't see all the all the work I do, you know, setting up at the station, blah, blah, blah. But I'm just repeating what you said. Yeah. I mean, it's it's true. The people don't see how the sausage is made. They just expect it to like happen. But I will say this is another point that I've been thinking about is if you ever get the chance to job shadow people who are listening, you should do that. Because, man, if you can get even if it's like one day, if you can get one day, maybe like even a month, is like going in to see what it's like to be in the environment, see what's happening, be a fly on the wall, you'll learn so much just because like you're going to actually see what it's like to be in that, in that position. You're going to be like, oh, yeah. I thought I'd just go here and do this. Like, no, 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 no. You got deadlines to meet. You got to be, you got to show up on time for this meeting. You got to have something to present. You have to bring ideas. Got to do this X, Y, and Z. Like you don't just get to show up, say hi and leave. No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) Not only that, but I think that on like following up your point, I think like coffee chats as like lame as that is to me to say like that, like even virtual, like is if you can't get the job shadowing opportunity, like even getting a 15 minute no pretense, no pitch, like conversation is amazing. I spoke to someone uh, last year who uh, was PR at like an entertainment company. And this man has gone on to be like a director nationally in Canada for X brand. And it was just an incredibly enlightening conversation about you know, how big his team is, what does his day-to-day look like? What are the things that like take up too much of his time? Like it was a great conversation that if you can't get the job shadow, you can at least get 15 minutes of their time, buy them a coffee and just let them like talk at you. Yeah. And you can return the favor and talk to people who are more junior than you and like maybe are two or three years behind you and even give it back to them. A lot of people enjoy talking about their job, especially when someone seems genuinely interested and they don't want to just talk about like the cool fun stuff you see. Like, yeah, let me tell you about the 10,000 emails I get every week. And like, let me, let me go over the stuff and like how I manage these people's attitudes and behaviors and make sure that so-and-so doesn't kill so-and-so because this happened yep. outside of work one day, things of that nature. Like it, it's a lot more that goes on, which I wish that they were at least like when I was coming out of college and stuff, that I have more chances to see inside the industry and whatnot. Being in the Midwest, I don't really get that many opportunities because we didn't have, we don't have like a bunch of production companies here. We don't have a bunch of like cool TV stations and stuff. You know, like there's new stations. I live by four of them. Um, They just turned our old uh, convention center. They just uh, gave them the okay to turn that into a production studio, like the whole entire cool, which is going to hopefully bring in more business and more industry. But it's like, yeah, things are getting cool now that I'm almost 30 and yeah. I'm like getting to the point to where it's like I got to commit to something and move on. But it's okay if you do stuff late in life, but also you got to got to look out for yourself, you know, sometimes you got to pay the bills for a bit. Yeah. It's not always I, fun. Uh, <laughs> I turn 32 next month. Oh, well, and so happy early like, birthday. <laughs> thank you. Uh and I agree with you. Like I the first job I had out of school 
was a job that I was super underqualified for, but like I learned so much. And even though like I look back on it and I say like, Hey, that wasn't exactly the job one. It wasn't the job I thought I was going to be doing like five years prior, but it wasn't a hundred percent the job I wanted, but it had things within it that I really appreciated, you know, uh, building marketing plans, uh, working with sales reps, like, you know, live in the dash, I guess, which is just like driving around with sales reps and like learning about their territories. Like that was cool. And it's something that I haven't had since. And so like, even in jobs that you aren't necessarily like a hundred percent on, there are things within it that you can take to your next job. Yeah. You, you have to find the lessons in everything you do or find something because if you're just kind of meandering around, you're unfortunately wasting your time, which I thought I was wasting my time for five years at my retail job. But man, was I wrong? I realized, holy crap, I know how to talk to people of all different levels and statures when it comes to not only professionally, but when they're mad, when they're happy, when they're sad, when they just want to get out of here, when they're in a rush. Like I know how to like meet their needs and talk about stuff and things and like make sure that they are okay and understand what's happening. Um learning how to like be okay with management being not good at their job. I learned how to do that. Just be like, you know what? They're not good at what they do. Bet. I'm going to be quiet, do my thing and hope everything blows over. And eventually it did. But, um, all right. And so- I was in a position, uh, just quick thing. When I was in a position to hire people, like some people would scoff at like a resume that only had McDonald's on it or mm. only had like McDonald's and then one job that maybe didn't necessarily fit. And I'd be like, yo, McDonald's is a great job for someone who is in school or even like a year out of school because it teaches you that that customer service aspect you were talking about. But not only that, but like they got a great like management trainee program. So I never discount like retail fast food it it all can apply to your next job Sorry, yeah, people that get the silver spoon in their mouths will definitely lack in some of those like critical thinking skills I'm like why is this person mad at me it's like well have you thought about listening to them and then like thinking about what they're saying and then responding instead of just reacting to them anyway so goals what are your goals if you want to share some of them for short term yeah. long term and then what are the importance of short term and long term goals to you so I recently, so I just finished my master's like last year and we had a, vir- thank you. We had a virtual convocation and they made us build these slides because we couldn't be in person yeah. and they asked us to put a quote on a slide. And so, um, there's this quote that always kind of sticks in my head and has for the past couple of years. Uh, and I think it's a Bill Gates quote and it's something along the lines of, I'm paraphrasing, but it's you overestimate the amount of things you can do in six months and you underestimate the amount of things that you can do in five years. Yeah. So when I was, you know, in radio, I probably didn't give it, give it enough time. If I'm being honest, like I have a lot of my colleagues that were in the program with me that have gone on to do amazing things because they stuck it out. Radio is incredibly tough. Um, I, I did not. Um, but what that up is for me, I don't like to set a lot of goals because I think that like if you at the same time have like 50 goals, like you're going to forget them mm-hmm. and you're not going to stick to them. So typically what I do, and and this is like something that I kind of reset every year uh, where I say like, hey, what are my two or three goals for the year? And so last year was obviously like I finished my master's degree. So it was I'd love to get a job in my field. And my field was like, hey, I've worked at uh, on brands, both like consumer brands, business to business brands. So like I really wanted to work in an agency. So uh, it just so happened. Buddy helped me get a job. 
very thankful. So, so this year, a lot of my goals aren't really focused on career because I think I, I still have so much to learn. And I'm not just saying that I have so much to learn. Like I literally have so much to yeah. learn still in the job. So for me, it's it, most of my goals this year are not like career focused because my, my career goal is like, you know, learn and survive, adapt and survive this year. It is just like, keep learning, keep surviving, keep doing your thing. So for me this year, um, my goals are largely focused around the things I do outside of work and then like the things that I do, um, kind of personally. So I'll just share like the, the three goals that I have this year. Um, the first one is, uh, lifting heavier things. Um, uh, I'm going to overshare, but like I suffer from an eating disorder. So like worrying about the weight uh, worrying about the scale and worrying about weight, like always sends me into a spiral. So for me, what I've really started to try and focus on is like, I am going to, um, I'm going to just work on lifting heavier things. And that's, I'm not going to worry about the scale. I'm not going to worry about how I look like it's just going to be about athletic performance. Yeah. Um, my other goals are content related. So, uh, last year launched a new podcast, really happy with it. Um, I tried out a new, um, video game trivia show during my extra life stream about two months ago. And like, I really fell in love with it. And it's something that obviously I'm going to ask to be a part of, but it's something that I'm working on for like, I think either next month or March. Um, that's my second goal. And then reading is my third goal. So I last year wanted to read 12 books because I don't read enough and I know that like when when people tell me stories I remember things incredibly well so like that's why I love work by like Gladwell Gladwell is like one of my favorite authors just because he tells a story that makes you remember things mm -hmm. and so I think that I'm just going to need to read more so those are my my three goals for this year I'm more of a short short term planner uh, because I I I'm honestly I don't know where I want to be long term like I have the job that I want right now and so long term for me right now is is not the focus it's yeah. just like continuing to to execute in the short term like learn more and then the three goals that I had uh, long term goals are weird like yeah. they change over time like when I got out of my undergrad and I'm sure you have a story like that <laughs> uh, where like I thought I wanted to be what did I want to be when I, I wanted to be like a, a blanket video game marketer. Like that is what I said I wanted to be. And I learned what it's like and I learned what I can do. And it still might be a thing that I want to do. I just like, I still have a lot more to learn. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you feel the same way about like you set a long-term goal when you were in undergrad that completely has changed over time. Yeah. So uh, yeah, my, so on my long-term goals, I the ones that I wrote down when I was like between 16 and 18, I actually inadvertently did a bunch of them without realizing them. And I was like, oh, I did do this. Neat. Cool. Let's I'm, I lost that notebook years ago, but whatever. I, I marked it off the list mentally. Um, but yeah, like I, I set my long term goals and I like think about them and they change because when you start to do more, you realize what you like and don't like. And it's like, like one of my long-term goals, for example, was I wanted to work for ESPN. Um, one year, like the year after I graduated uh, undergrad, I worked for not only the Oklahoma City Thunder by like this media company that my professor's son owned, but I also worked for their uh, development league team, the Blue, as well. So I was busy after my retail job working part-time in school and then going to do those games and stuff, right? And one day we had an ESPN broadcast for the D-League team. So, okay, like, this will be fun. And then I got there after my shift one day, 
and the guys were terrible. They had bad attitudes. They were rude. Because it's not like the ESPN people from Connecticut get sent down. They just contract different crews and people in the area, so they just cut on costs. Yep. And they were just they were just not fun to work with. They were awful. And so I basically faked that I was sick and just dipped and said, I don't want to work with these guys. I don't want to work with ESPN ever again. Like I, I To this day, I've been like pinged about some ESPN jobs like on LinkedIn and whatnot, and I was like, nope, I'm good. Like I don't want to work for this company anymore. Like I'm perfectly satisfied. I got to taste it and realize it's not for me. I don't want to live this life. Um, and then like the more I've like gone out from being in college and grad school and whatnot, it's like what I thought I wanted seemed cool. But when I like, see it and get a taste of it, I'm like, that's actually not what I want to do. Like, yeah. I actually don't want to do this. I actually don't want to do that. I, I like doing this. Like I thought I was going to get a job where I didn't deal with as much people as much as, I don't like the people I interact with sometimes over my job. I do enjoy being around people and I do enjoy helping people and I do enjoy like being around people. And so yeah. for me, like I realized that like my end goal, uh, my end goal when I retire from working is I want to be a university professor. So mm-hmm. I think I need to go back to school and get my doctorate in some areas, but in Texas I'm good to go. Um, <laughs> and, um, but I want to be a producer because a producer has their hands in so much stuff. Yeah. And they deal with a lot of people and things mm-hmm. and issues. And that's what I feel like I'm really strong at is finding out quick and easy solutions, the right solutions, dealing with people, meeting with, with, with them where they're at, like making sure they're taken care of, making sure things are addressed and concerned. Because having a good producer is going to make your film go way smoother when you don't think about, oh, is Johnny Dunn going to be mad that his coffee was too hot because so-and-so didn't do this and that? Or, oh, is this person mad that we got their sandwich toasted and not warmed like they asked for? Things of that nature. Like, stupid things like that, but it's like, "Eh, I'll take care of it. It's whatever. Like, I don't care. Like, it's Yeah, that that kind of stuff, I feel you. Like, it's it's incredibly tough. Like, I (laughs) I work, I guess I work, like, tangentially close to what you do we do shoot sometimes so like dealing with talent is something that i occasionally do but i i can't imagine <laughs> what it's like to to like exclusive deal exclusively deal with talent all day um i guess i i had a thought and it was more about long-term goals i i guess that i have kind of attained some of my long-term goals of late which is why i probably like had none I, i'm Almost in this conversation with you, I'm thinking like, I should probably like really think about my long-term goals again. It's just like my long-term goals for a long time, you're going to laugh for a long time, even until I was like 18, I wanted to be a game show host. Like as, as dumb as that sounds, like I wanted to be a game show host, realized that one wasn't in the right place, didn't have the skill set for it, et cetera. But even lately, like, like I told you, my goal out of uni was like getting to be in game marketing. And I guess I, I kind of am on the periphery of that now. So I, I'm focused on short-term girls right now, but I think I should probably like, it's funny. We should be like giving advice, but I'm like <laughs> even going back and saying like, man, maybe I should just be thinking about some like lofty long-term goals that I, that I want to achieve. Yeah. And like for me, the importance is with the short-term goals, you can see, cause like you said, you overestimate what you can do in like six months and you underestimate what you can do in five years. You look back, I look back in 2020 at my stuff that I wrote down in 2019. I was like, oh wow, I completed everything but like four of the goals that I wanted to do for that mm-hmm. year. Like, didn't realize it, but I went back to that list like, oh, oh, oh wow, I actually am doing a lot better than I thought it was. Um, thinking about the long term goals, like, wow, I'm doing a lot better than I thought it was. 
the short-term goals help you realize that you are moving and progressing because a lot of times in life, you feel like you're just kind of stuck in one place. I totally get it. I worked a job for five years that I ended up hating at the end of the day, and I felt mm-hmm. literally stuck. But looking at my goals, I'm like, oh, wow, I actually did achieve a lot more than I thought I was going to do, even though I was not in this place that I wanted to be. And the long-term goals, they're kind of the... I feel like the long-term goals are like kind of like check marks, like milestones. Like, oh, yeah, I did that. Like, oh, yeah, I did that. Because your short-term goals should eventually lead to you achieving long-term goals in some respect. Um, they don't have to be mutually exclusive, but sometimes, most of the time, it just happens to be that way. If you yeah. like look through your lines, well, at least for me personally, I don't know about you. They're almost like anchors, right? Yeah. Where you like, let's say you had the long-term goal of running a marathon, right? Like, Which it, is it all my list to do you. in five years. <laughs> there you go. So like looking at your list, like it's, it's a marathon. Sorry that I did a bad joke <laughs> that like you are going to start and you're going to run 5k and then you're going to run 10k and then you're going to run a half and then you're going to run a full marathon and you won't be able to do that in, in a, in a week. That's going to take you two years of training to get there. So yeah, they're more like anchors. And so like, I, I think this conversation has, has told me that maybe I should, you know, <laughs> think about my long-term goals, given that I, I just achieved like some of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. you're doing think, good, Jacob. Give yourself well, we're the doing, that's, that's the thing. And, and I, I talk and I'm a very open book. And so like, I talk to my counselor a lot about like the need for like, why don't I just celebrate the wins? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's always like you get the thing and then you move on to the next thing. So I think that this conversation, apart from showing me that I need to think about my long-term goals is also sharing with you and sharing with everyone that like, sometimes you just have to take a second and like, look at what you have because sometimes it just passes you by that. Like you did a whole bunch of cool stuff that you didn't take a second to realize like, Oh, like you and I, we're on a GameSpot podcast together, right? Never Which, in a million years I thought I'd be wild. on a po- on that podcast. Like crazy. <laughs> that, that is crazy. And like you, you have to. Th- sometimes you just have to look and say, like, I was on a GameSpot podcast. It, it it an incredible opportunity. But just take the second to realize that that's a cool thing that not everybody gets to do. Yeah. So. Yeah, it like I like that's that's one thing that I like had to take a step back last year and look at because. Granted, I had nothing but time because I was stuck indoors. But it's yep. like gotta gotta celebrate those small W's because you keep thinking, "Oh, I want the big W. I want the big win." It's like, well, well, hold up, hold up. Look at look at all the stuff that you've been doing here that you've accomplished that you're not paying attention to. Um, and I personally need to start looking for a counselor because I definitely have some stuff I need to work through and like actually like vocalize and speak about. But that's that's kind of helped me be sane in the last year. Is when I, I felt really stuck in a rut, like career-wise, uh, project-wise. Like I, I for, for a year and some change, I stopped doing freelance video work because I felt like, one, myself's not good enough, two, nobody cares, and three, it's like I'm just spinning my wheels, wasting my time and money. But like I had to go back and be like, oh, well, I actually did this project. That was pretty cool. I met this person, did this cool. I've already done all this stuff that I want to do. That's actually really cool as well. And just never gave myself credit. And I'm starting to like be okay with celebrating like, yeah, I did this thing or yeah, I did that thing. And so that's, um, for the, for the youngsters and everybody listening around here, that's one thing you know how to do is like, give yourself a pat on the back every now and then you did it. You good job. You, you done Jordan, Jordan doesn't win the, win the big prize without winning 80 to 90 games before that. Right. Exactly. 
Exactly. I'm not a basketball person at all. So I was like, <laughs> which which trophy is it? I just watched The Last Dance last year, and I don't remember what the trophy's called because I'm more of a hockey guy. But yeah, it, it's it's about celebrating the small Ws. And uh, I understand where you're coming from. Like last year, finished my master's degree and like did an internship that was really great. And they weren't in a position to keep me. And so like after that, I start looking for jobs and the pandemic happens, right? Yep. So. I, I sat on the bench for six months without a job. And what did I do? Like, I was real sad, especially like when the pandemic started and all the opportunities that I had that were kind of in motion, like just disappeared. But all I could do was just like focus on like, okay, I, there, is, there are no jobs out there. Like human resource departments are figuring out how to move their workplaces virtual and they have no time to hire anybody. So what am I going to do in the meantime? Okay, I'm going to read i'm good i didn't read last year but i'm gonna like make content and i'm going to just do stuff that i wouldn't have the time to do otherwise and it it worked out i guess i guess it's just you know thinking about thinking about what's gonna get you there uh, going back to the short term long term like just focus on what you can do today and y if you continue at it i hate to sound like a like a business book where you're like if you just just take your goals H how do you eat how does a lion eat an elephant one bite at a time but like <laughs> these expressions are expressions because they ring true right so there you go there's your as lame cheesy as they sound the stuff that your parents and other mentors tell you is actually kind of true you know <laughs> it, it, you have it, to find your own way to apply it yeah. but it's an expression for a reason you, you hate to admit it but damn it mom and dad were right <laughs> or this person was all right, so uh, we're going to get close to wrapping things up. So what have been your favorite shows and movies to watch in 2020? We had nothing mm. but time to watch stuff, so let's... let's... Yeah, um, I... So I, I, you sent me that question, and I, I thought back of, like, one, 2020 is a weird year, right? Because there wasn't tons of new stuff coming out, and some of the big stuff got delayed. Um, I, I'm sure you, you do this, a lot of people do this, like, every year for the Oscars. Like, I watch pretty much everything that's on the slate, Oscar's so white, but like I still watch everything. <laughs> um, last year, I think some of the my favorite stuff that I watched was um, TV with Shit's Creek. Yeah, uh, I you know as a Canadian, I feel like I have to rep Shit's Creek. That thing uh, swept at the. Oh uh, my god! Because it, oh, it, it's so good. It I is, need to watch it is it. a show. Oh my it. god! It is a show that is like a perfect utopia of like Canadian comedy, which like. It, it might take you a little while to get into like it is not for everybody but if you stick with it i promise you it is so worth it. it is a show that continues to get you know most shows like they peak in the you know fourth or fifth season if you're like me and my girlfriend are watching how i met your mother for her first time my second time right now and like you could argue that the first five seasons were like bomb and then like maybe it just kind of tapered off over time yeah but Shit's creek got better every season and the ending of the show is perfect it is literally perfect so i cannot talk enough good shit about Shit's creek <laughs> um it's funny whenever you whenever Shit's creek did like appearances on tv they would have to like put up the logo Shit's creek to get away with the faa like not <laughs> uh, you can't find us this time FTC. you can't find us it's the name of the show uh, so that's my favorite TV show. As far as movies go, um, I think my favorite things I watched last year were um, Hamilton, 
which I, I know is like the, the most basic. We got it. Thanks give. to Disney plus. You got it. You got to take that. Yeah. I was not a fan of Hamilton before it came out on Disney plus. I had not listened to the soundtrack and I just appreciated like what work went into like making that stage production look good for streaming. Yeah. I, I maybe someday I'll see it in person, but who knows? So Hamilton, um, I just watched weathering with you, uh, like two weeks ago which is uh, the uh, a new movie from the creator of Your Name. Ooh. And it's about like uh, a rain girl who uh, it's like a coming of age story, but also about like the, the Japanese um, like uh, historical uh, rain girl, I guess. And it just is a really heartwarming story that like has parallels with like global warming and growing up and trying to find yourself and it's like it's really great and then uh i guess my wild card is is palm springs uh, did you watch palm springs i haven't heard of palm springs actually so palm springs is a comedy that stars um kristen Malotti, who how i met your mother and um all uh andy samberg nice. and it is just like a uh wedding take on groundhog day and it is it is very funny and endearing. And if if you like anything the Lonely Island has done, like Palm Springs is better. It is it is so <laughs> it is so great. And I tell everyone to watch it. And so there you go. Shits Creek TV, Hamilton, Weathering with You, Palm Springs. I was supposed to bring one, but I brought you four. Hey, it's all good. <laughs> I appreciate it. I've been I watched uh, all of regular show last year because that came out uh finally for streaming for the first time on hbo max there on hbo max yeah okay. there so there's like a, a weird period between 2000 and like 9 and 2015 where i was in school and did sports and so i had no time to watch shows so yep. i like watched bits and pieces of like regular time adventure time and whatnot but i didn't watch them in their entirety man regular show season four is probably some of the best written like show not just a cartoon best writing of a show i've ever witnessed in my life because that's really? when they, they spend the first three seasons building the world and like having these side stories and there's some interlinking but from season four on it's like everything that they've done has affected everything that's happened in the show and it just unravels and it's so great um i watch man movie i watch a lot of movies i i like I get on the couch after work, even like sometimes on the clock if it's like slow, and just veg out watching movies. Sometimes it's bad, but uh, let me let me see, let me pull up my list. Cause I've I've been on. You a pull tear. up like do you have it on Letterbox or like Letterbox? Where do you I put need your to list? start using Letterbox because that, like I watch a lot of content and I do want I need to start giving reviews. But I watched um, Jojo Rabbit recently, which is really really That's really fantastic. Good. Um, dads, the documentary done by Apple on Apple TV plus, uh, done by Bryce no, Howard. It's a documentary on like fatherhood and being, a, and like being a dad. And like, I legitimately was fighting tears for a couple segments, just like as they were talking about like things that were happening with the families and whatnot. It was really well done. Um, Oh, um, what's the, it's not Silicon Valley, but it's, uh, uh halt and catch fire. No, it's a uh, queen's gambit. Oh, the chess one. No, yes. no, no, not Queen's Gambit. Fuck. Oh, man, I'm so bad at this. What Why am I messing up? Um, oh, Devs? my God. It has the dude from... Devs. Not Devs. It has the guy from uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, oh, oh, Mythic Quest. Mythic Quest, Mythic Quest. Yeah, I don't know why it's at Queen's Gambit. Like, I, I just saw Queen's Gambit, that's why. Mythic Quest. Mythic Quest is really good. Ted Lasso is really good. 
I've heard um, good things about Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso was really well done. All that from a freaking NBC Sports commercial, man. And and that's that's an Apple TV. That's you've named like almost exclusively Apple TV Plus content. I so I'll be honest. I was expecting to hop in on Apple TV Plus content and hate on it because I canceled the Dr. Dre documentary. Yeah. I got a new phone earlier in 2020, so I got it for a year. Uh, got it for a year for free. Yep. And I started watching like Mythic Quest and some of the other stuff. I was like. Oh wow, this is actually really well done. I need to take back what I was saying. Like this is actually really, really like this is spinning hot fire. Like I'm, that, I'm cool uh, with this. That Tom Hanks movie, I forget it's one name and it's like a World War II like ship movie. Yes, it's on my list to watch. Um, I watched it and if, if you like World Greyhound. War II Greyhound, the production value on it, I was like, how much did Apple pay for this movie? This movie's got like a hundred million dollar budget, it's wild. Yeah. All for their five buck a month streaming service. That's that not I an got ad for Apple. free for buying a phone. <laughs> it's not an ad Apple. You don't get that one for free. You had five years of my life. Um, yeah, but like I've also been watching like Teen. T- I've like last year I just started reconnecting with stuff that I never got to finish and watch as a kid. So like I've been watching Teen Titans, Legend of Korra. I watched all of Avatar. Um, movie wise, I went through all the DC Universe movies, which. You know, I I could have spent my time doing something else, but it's fine. <laughs> I um, did that with the MCU because I, I got I got really tired after I think the Avengers Infinity War was that. And that's not the last one. Uh, Basically, the Endgame. I didn't watch the last eight. Yeah, Endgame. Eight. So after Infinity War, I didn't watch any for like two years. So I caught up and watched the last eight and said, "Yeah, that's a, that's a fine thing. It, that's a thing." It's so. I have that's another conversation for another day. We'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> but um, man, I watched I, Broad City last year for the first time, and Broad I don't know City if you've seen so Broad good. City. Broad, Broad City, City is so good. good. Whatever those two, Abby and Alana, want to do next, like I'm in. Just sign Please. me up. I'll watch right away. Please give it to us. I I watched. Um, I'm going through like I watched so much stuff. I do need to get Letterboxd. I really do to keep track of all of this. Do you just keep a list on your phone. No, I have like all my library. My library is right here, and so yeah, I rewatched Vice, which God, Vice was so good. Like, I watched, uh, you mean the movie about um about Dick Cheney with Christian Bale? Yeah, that's yeah. it, Dick Cheney. Vice. Sorry to bother you. Like, I I just kind of like just vegged out on the couch watching all these movies and stuff, man. It's bad. I re- I fell in love with anime again. I rewatched all of Cowboy Bebop. I'm all, I'm halfway done with Outlaw Star. I'm watching so, Attack on Titan again. Like I'm you're, gonna, just... you're gonna hate me. I tried to get into Cowboy Bebop because I'd never seen it before, mm-hmm. and I got about maybe six episodes in, and I said this is cool, but I fell off. It's so the 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 it's a series where if you don't like, especially the first like ten episodes, if you don't like dialogue heavy and like like almost Tarantino esque like storytelling and like wordplay, you're not gonna is enjoy that it, it that much because it, it gets. It, the action sequences when they pick up, they pick up after those like first like seven eight episodes. Like the last two episodes alone are like some of the best things ever. Um, okay, but like it, it's definitely not for everybody because it is a bit slow at times. And when it's slow, it's really slow. But Got they it. do a good job of building the world around like uh, Spike and, and crew. Like you understand kind of like where their characters come from or how they like got to be how they are. Um, maybe that's why because I, I actually hate pulp fiction like really? I, I i i don't like that i i'm like i understand why people like this and mm. i can appreciate the artistic merit of what tarantino did here but i just hated it i get it so maybe no, that's it's not why. for everybody and like no. i i don't fault because 
it takes a lot to I've I, I tried Game of Thrones and I'll tell you right away, Game of Thrones was not my cup of tea. And so mm-hmm. when people are like, you need to give more episodes, like, look, I've been through three hours of Game of Thrones. I'm good. I am yeah. fine. I understand you guys like the action or whatever, but the story's not hooking me. I'm gonna pass it up. I understand yeah. why people see, don't I'm like watching people. The Witcher right now mm-hmm. and I'm watching the Expanse. Uh, me and my girlfriend just started The Expanse last night, and nice. those shows have that similar, like, incredibly deep world that, like, you have to give it four to five episodes, or else you're like not giving it the true shot. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I I'm just still thinking about the fact that you like compared Tarantino to, um, to Cowboy Bebop, and maybe yeah. that's not that's why I don't I didn't vibe with it. it yeah, because it, huh. it's the pacing yeah. wise. Because like, I watched uh I watched Trigon was the first anime I watched last year. Like to like reconnect, and that was my first time watching Trigon all the way through, and like it's so good, it's yeah. so good. But um, see, I'm watching I'm watching Death Note for the first time ever because mm. I've never seen Death Note, and it has that similar like very slow pacing. But I'm into it because I'm I'm seeing this like mystery unravel very slowly. Yeah, and I just I'm fairly certain it's gonna pay off. Like people don't talk about Death Note the way that it's talked about without like it unraveling at the end and being this wild thing. They talk about it like they talk about Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which was probably like one of the my favorite anime. It it eh, is Re- it my favorite top three. Recently rewatched Brotherhood and I understand why people like it and I do like it more than uh, the original. But I do like the original as well for different reasons. Cause I, I feel like the my biggest problem with Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is that the character development with between with Edward is so slow, and like it's not until he it's not until they learn that Hughes dies, which is like halfway through part two, when like he actually starts to realize, oh man, I need to not be a kid. My actions have consequences. Yeah. And then when when uh uh Al is like, yeah, I can't sleep at night anymore. Ever since being in this armor, I was like, oh, that's right. Oh. Nobody knows about that. Because they don't talk about that in the regular one. They don't They don't mention yeah. that part. And, so, and see, I haven't seen the original one. I only saw Brotherhood. I, so. the, the original one, is it's rough to get through when you, like, now, just because Brotherhood does the story the right way. And it's two and a half times longer, right? Yep. It cool. is longer. It, it, there's a lot of stuff that's kind of, that's different. Because they, they didn't go off the source field. They did their own thing, which for what they did, yeah. it was fine. It was fine. Like, it's, it's cool. Like, I'm not going to sit there and argue. But I will say, anime movies that I watch, I watch all the Digimon Adventure Tree or Try, however okay. you pronounce it. Yep. Man, I emotions. I just got Last Evolution in the mail today, and I'm not sure if I'm ready for this field trip. Cause they all, Is that they the all... one that just came out? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know if I'm mentally and emotionally prepared to just break down from a series that's 20 years old and just like, this did it. I, I You got me. You got How me. do you even obtain those? Can you obtain those digitally, or are you just yeah. buying the DVDs? So the like, there's like DVDs. Four, four of them were free on YouTube for a while. Okay. Um, and then I bought two or three of them, and then I bought Last Evolution because that just came out last year. Uh, I bought it physical. I don't have a digital copy, so I gotta buy it. Uh, cause I I need to actually. I'm just gonna hook up the PS4 to the TV up front and just watch it that way. And uh, but yeah, it's. It's really good. People, uh, Errol, if he listens to this, he'll say he doesn't like the Adventure Tree movies, but I like them. I, 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 the, I love the nostalgia hit me right in the face and just, just rode that way, baby. I have very fond memories of the Bare Naked Ladies, like one week, like it, montage at the beginning of the first movie where they're like running through, like, I think Tokyo. Yeah. And so, like, now that you've told me about these movies, I might have to go and watch them myself. <laughs> watch, the, if you watch the first one, 
like get ready for like a solid 20 30 minutes of like oh my gosh my heart my emotions <laughs> and then they don't let off the gas pedal and like i said for me i let the emotions i let the nostalgia just just run straight through me and just let that guide my my perception because the movies they are kid movies when you think about it but it's yeah. like you know what these kids can die if they do this wrong they can actually die unlike pokemon sorry i like pokemon though but uh I ranted about my content for a while. Anything, any closing remarks you want to give to the people? Anybody, the, the, the people listening at home? No, I, I guess I just uh, want to like reiterate that, you know, things take time and I would be lying if I said that I hadn't questioned every single career decision that I made basically every year. So if someone's listening to this and they're not happy with where they are, just I, I don't want to say like stop feeling sorry for yourself because like as someone who like regularly sees a mental health professional that's probably the worst thing that you can say to someone is just like just get over it it's fine um but like maybe just take stock of what you have take stock of the of the skills you have and the things you've done and you know start to make a plan to to where you want to go and and the place where you want to go might be five years from now but just chart the course and you know have those small wins that'll get you there and you know I recognize my privilege. I am an incredibly privileged person. And so even if you're facing adversity that I know nothing about, like just take the small wins and and you'll get to where you want to be as long as you keep at it. It's it's the people that uh, basically like you can achieve anything. You can achieve almost anything you want. It's just a matter of like, will you quit before the people next to you? Yeah. Right? Like think about someone who's like in a most the most prominent job. Like think about... I was going to say a politician, but I don't want to be <laughs> controversial here. No, like even think about like Joe Biden, right? Like Joe Biden is a 900 years old and think about how many things that he had to do to get to where he is from when he was 21 years old, probably at a club in his college to being the president at 700, right? Actual Just factual 700 years old, 700 years old, <laughs> do the things, chart the course, make your way there. I appreciate you having me on. I hope that I had some semblance of good advice to give. Just you, know that we're all works good, in progress. I, you love to see it. Thank you for You're the welcome attaboy. back anytime. It. You're welcome back. Everybody, Whenever is, you need me. This has been Jacob McCourt. You'll see it's him me. again soon. You'll probably see me on one of the shows from what it sounds like earlier in the podcast. So Yeah, you will. All right. Thanks once again, man. Everybody listening, thank you all for coming by as well. Take it easy. Bye. All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Come back uh, probably next week. We're going to have a lot more guests. This first month of the year, we're going to have multiple guests, and we're going to have conversations, get the new year started off right, hopefully front load my content so we have less got to worry about later in the year. But anyway, thank you guys. If you have any questions, please feel free to drop by on Twitter, maybe Instagram, also Twitch. All right, y'all be easy. See y'all next time.